0: Discovering God's love, and sharing it with others—it's been the vision of Metrocrest since the beginning, and it remains a clear biblical vision for every church of Jesus, to which every church should aspire. It's another way of saying what we know the Apostle John said in First John four nineteen, which is on the back of that fancy T-shirt that you should purchase and wear proudly. Uh, We love Jesus, others, the lost and the last and the least. We we love because He first loved us. Um, Out of the overflow of His love for us, we love Him and others. We will only share God's love with others to the degree that we have discovered His love for us and Jesus. Your heart and my heart will only beat for others and for him as we rest in his heartbeat for us. So this morning, we're going to listen to the heartbeat of Jesus together. So would you stand with me as we listen to the heart of God for his people in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 through 16. Metrocrest, hear the word... Of the God who loves you. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Since then, we have a great high priest who passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated as I pray. Father, this indeed is your word, and you have graciously provided it for us and preserved it for us even to this day. So help us as your people To hear your voice, Lord Jesus, to hear your heartbeat for us, so that we may have your heart for you and for for one another in the world, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. I remember a time when our oldest, Abby, was going to the doctor for a test And she was more than a little anxious about it. And while the doctor was checking her vitals, listening to her lungs and her heart, the doctor said, honey, your heart is beating out of your chest. And she turned to the nurse and she said, listen to this. (laughs) I've never seen this happen before. She gave her the stethoscope and the nurse listened. She said, Wow, it's really. And she said, Abby, you should listen to this. So she put the stethoscope on Abby's ears, and Abby listened to to her heart churning away. And she smiled and she said, "Yeah, I'm a little nervous. (laughs) Um, If Jesus were to put a stethoscope to your heart this morning, what would he hear? What kind of test?" Is making you anxious this morning. The kind of test in your life. Perhaps it's the test of. Uh, the temptation of sin. That your heart may stray from Jesus. Perhaps it's the test. Of suffering. We're all sinners. And we're all sufferers. For some of us. Jesus would hear. The heartbeat of a sinner this morning. Loudest. A heart perhaps that says, I still feel so guilty about my past. How could Jesus ever want me? Or maybe he would hear our hearts say, if only the people here knew what I did last night. If only they knew what I was thinking just this morning. I'm so trapped in these bad patterns. I wish I could stop, but I can't. I'm too weak. I feel so defeated if anybody knew, they wouldn't want to be with me. Maybe Jesus would hear our hearts beating. I've tried and I've tried, but I'll never be good enough for God. And I'll certainly never be good enough for all these good Christian people here. So maybe what's beating loudest in you is the heartbeat of a sinner. But maybe what's most on your mind and your heart right now is not your sin, but your suffering. Maybe it's the heart of a sufferer that beats loudest and Jesus might hear your heart say, I'm so anxious lately that it keeps me up at night. Maybe your heartbeat is so faint. He would, he would have to listen closely because it's so faint. It's so weary. It's so worn out. Feels like it's about to stop maybe he would hear your heart saying god i don't know how longer how much longer i can take this pain this relational pain this physical pain and maybe some of you have suffered so deeply and for so long that your heart is just beating i don't know if i can trust you with what's most important to me jesus are you there okay you're there but do you care All of us have the heart of a sinner. All of us have the heart of a sufferer. And I don't know which one is beating most clearly for you this morning. But no matter which one it is, Hebrews 4 tells us that Jesus can hear it. He's able to discern the thoughts and intentions of the heart, it says. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. And hearing that, you may think like I do, I don't know that I want Jesus to hear how my heart is doing this morning. (laughs) Didn't that verse say that our hearts are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we are accountable? I'm not sure Jesus is going to like what he hears in my heart this morning. I don't like feeling exposed. Can we, can we just talk about something else? Could you move on with the sermon, please? I just don't like being so needy. And I hear you. I, too, am a sinner and a sufferer. And I hate being a needy person. Or at least I hate you thinking I'm one. But I am. And so are you. All too often what Jesus hears when he listens to my heart is anxious, afraid, anxious, afraid, anxious, afraid. But before we jump off the examining table this morning and run away from the great physician, let's stay in the room with him for a little while. Yes, Jesus can hear all that's going on in your needy heart, but what if you could hear... What's beating in his heart? What if you could put the stethoscope of his, on his chest and hear how his heart is beating for you? Well, you can, because that's verses 14 to 16. Listen to his heart for you again. So when the Holy Spirit puts the stethoscope of these verses on the chest of Jesus, we hear that the heartbeat of Jesus for sufferers and sinners like like us sounds like this. Mercy and grace. Mercy and grace. Mercy and grace. And when you're facing a test and your, your heart begins to beat with anxiety and doubt, Jesus wants you to hear his heart so that you'll draw near to him with the confidence that you will receive that mercy and grace to help you in your time of need, to help you in your sinning and in your suffering. But how can we have that confidence? How can we have confidence that he won't just crush our sinful hearts? How can we have confidence that he really does care about our suffering hearts? Metrocrest know this. Our hearts can have that confidence because his heart is undefeated by sin and his heart understands our suffering. And that's what we find in verses 14 to 16. Listen, you can have confidence that the heart of Jesus that beats for you is undefeated. Verse 14, since then we have a great High Priest, that word great is mega. (laughs) Since then we have a mega high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Jesus is the great high priest. But high priest already means the greatest of the priests. So Jesus is the mega high priest. He's the greatest of the great priests. Every other high priest passed through a curtain in the temple to sprinkle the blood of the sacrifice on the mercy seat, to atone for the sins of God's people once per year. And since the sacrifices that they offered were not enough to defeat sin once and for all, they had to do this year after year after year. And so unless the high priest entered in, sin would continue to win. But Jesus didn't go through a curtain Hebrews says he passed through the heavens right into the presence of God once and for all time because he had defeated sin once and for all time. Our Westminster Larger Catechism describes this priestly ministry of Jesus this way. It says, how is Christ a priest for his people? As our priest, Christ offered himself once for all as a spotless sacrifice to God. To reconcile the sins of his people, and he continually intercedes for them. It asks again, how does Christ intercede for his people? How does he go between God and his people? Christ intercedes by continually appearing in our human nature before the Father in heaven. Picture this in your mind. There, he makes his will clear. That his own merit of obedience and sacrifice on earth should be applied to all believers. He answers all the accusations against believers. I love that picture. Jesus is answering the accusations that the devil is bringing against us. And he makes sure they have peace of conscience in spite of their daily failing. And he welcomes them, us, without hesitation to the throne of grace and accepts who they are and what they do for him. Jesus is the mega high priest. And the once and for all time sacrifice. Of all the high priests, Jesus is the greatest. Of all the sacrifices, Jesus is the greatest. And so what? How does that help me in my time of need as a sinner? It helps me because it means that nothing can keep me from access to the throne of grace to get the mercy and the grace that sinners like me need. It means your sin can never separate you from your God. When I was in middle school, I was a small Christian school, and so the middle school and the high school were together, and my brother, my older brother, was in the high school. But as a middle schooler, there's a high school kid who bullied, bullied me all the time. He, he was bigger than me. He was older than me. He was more popular than me. Um, it was a small school, but whenever I was in his presence, I was afraid. He had kind of a control over me uh, that I couldn't shake. But as I said, my older brother, Jeff, went to that school. He was bigger stronger, older, and more popular than the bully. (laughs) So guess who I told about the bully? (laughs) And my brother was furious. My brother, when he was in middle school, someone told him, meet me after class, I'm going to beat you up. That kid regretted it. I'm not sure exactly what my brother said to that bully. He didn't have to touch him. But whatever he said, my big brother let him know that if he ever bullied me again, that my big brother would beat the living you-know-what out of him. (laughs) Don't you love protective big brothers? It's funny. My brother only had to have that conversation with the bully once. His defeat of the bully was full and final and for real. And for me. So how do you think I acted around that bully after that? I had confidence. Confidence. My big brother Jeff was free from the bully's power. And as Jeff's little brother, I could enjoy the same fearless freedom that Jeff had. That bully's power over me was broken by the love of my big brother. All that my brother had in relationship to that bully was mine because I was with Jeff. And since my big brother was undefeated by the bully, so was I. Friends, our big brother Jesus has defeated the bully of our sin and because Jesus... Is in heaven undefeated by sin. You and I stand here undefeated by sin. The accusations against us fall flat at the foot of the cross. Thanks be to God, Jesus is the great high priest, the undefeated high priest who did what no other high priest could do for sinners. He perfectly obeyed God's law for us. He offered himself as the Lamb of God for us, shedding his own blood for us. He rose to life again, kicking open the gates of death, hell, and the grave. From the inside out, he now holds their keys. He passed through the heavens to sit at the right hand of God where he now continually prays for us, pleads for us his perfect life and precious blood. Before the throne of God, above, I have a strong and perfect place a great high priest whose name is love who ever lives and pleads for me for you his heartbeat for you is undefeated so that when you defeated by all that is going on in you you have access to the throne of grace because jesus is there undefeated for you when your heart beats weak weak weak, his heart beats for you, strong, strong, strong. When your heart beats, sinner, 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 his heart beats for you, forgiven, forgiven, forgiven. When your heart beats, alone, 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 his heart beats for you, adopted, adopted, adopted. As a sinner, you can have confidence that his heart for you is undefeated. But there's more as one who suffers, you can have confidence that his heart beats as one who understands. He understands. God wants you to know that just because Jesus is now in heaven doesn't mean he's disconnected or disinterested from what's going on with you right now, right here. Verse 15. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who is in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. So you can also come confidently to the throne of grace because his heart beats with you. He's able to sympathize. That literally means to suffer with. He's able to suffer with us. There's no one like him. Jesus is the only suffering God. And his suffering heart beats with your suffering heart. Why? Because he was tested as we are. The same word for tested is the same word for tempted. So whatever that test or temptation is, it's a painful trial. And God's aim is to use it to test or strengthen your trust in him. Satan's aim is to use it to tempt you not to trust God. God uses whatever's going on in your life as a test to draw you to him. Satan uses it as a temptation to draw you away from Jesus. And Jesus knows what it means to be tested in a way that tempted him not to trust his father's heart. And his father's will for him. Jesus' heart... Beats with understanding because he was tested as we are in every respect. What does that mean? The book you're going to receive as you leave this morning, uh, Dane Ortland wrote, and I highly commend it to you, but I want to read something that he said that helps us understand what it means that Jesus was tested in every respect. He says, the reason that Jesus is in such close solidarity with us is that the difficult path we are on is not unique to us. He has journeyed on it himself. It is not only that Jesus can relieve us from our troubles, like a doctor prescribing medicine, it's also that that before any relief comes, he is with us in our troubles, like a doctor who has endured the same disease. Jesus is not Zeus, he says. He was a sinless man, not a sinless superman. He woke up with bedhead. He had pimples at 13. He never would have been on the cover of Men's Health magazine. Isaiah 53 says that he had no beauty that we should desire him. Jesus came as a normal man to normal men. Thanks be to God. He knows what it is to be thirsty, hungry, despised, rejected, scorned, shamed, embarrassed, abandoned, misunderstood, falsely accused, suffocated, tortured, and killed. There's a few of those there that only Jesus understands and we don't. He knows what it is to be lonely. His friends abandoned him when he needed them the most. Portland says, if he had lived today, every last Twitter follower and Facebook friend would have unfriended him when he turned 33. And yet he says, Jesus will never unfriend you. There's more of that good news that you can read when you get that book. But, but the good news in this passage continues. Jesus' heart beats with understanding because he was tested as we are yet without sin. Now, there's two questions I have about that. Yet without sin. First of all, how can Jesus be understanding of me as a sinner when he never was one? Haven't you wondered that? How could he be understanding of me as a sinner when he never was a sinner? Well, he suffered in his temptation more than we suffer in ours because he never gave in to the temptation. C.S. Lewis uh, describes it this way: The man who stands up against the wind knows it's more more of its power than the one who gives in to its power and lays down. The man who stands up against the wind and never gives into it knows more about the wind's power than the one who gives into it. That kind of resistance requires more human suffering, not less. So Jesus actually knows more about the suffering of temptation than we do because he never gave in. My other question is, how can Jesus be helpful to me as a sinner if he never was one? Ortland answers this question well. He says, since our sinless high priest is not trapped in the hole of sin with us, he alone can pull us out. His sinlessness is our salvation. Not only can he alone pull us out of the hole of sin, he alone desires to climb in and bear our burdens. There's no one like him. Friends, this great high priest is right now in the throne room of heaven praying for you, pleading his own sinless life and death and resurrection for you. To know that this undefeated and understanding Savior, great high priest, is in heaven praying for us. Oh. Oh. Praying for you, Metrocratz. Louis Burkhoff said, It it is a consoling thought that Christ is praying for us. He's presenting to the Father those spiritual needs we've never even thought about. He prays for our protection against dangers of which we are not even conscious. He's praying against the enemies which threaten us that we don't even notice. He is praying that our faith may not fail and that we may come out victoriously in the end. That's that's what he's doing for us as our great high priest right now at the throne of grace. Robert Murray McShane said, if I could hear Christ, if I could hear Christ praying for me in the next room, I would not fear a million enemies. Yet distance makes no difference. He is praying for me. He is praying for me. So friends, you and I can come confidently to the throne of grace because his suffering heart beats with ours and his suffering heart prays for ours. He's already at the throne of grace praying for you. Join him there, he says. Mercy and grace are there for you because Jesus is there for you. Well, little Abby has grown up She's grown up since that day at the doctor's office, and by God's grace, she's, she's been learning how to hear the heart of Jesus beat for her in her suffering. And with her permission, I wanted to describe as we, as we close, from in her own words, how she understands this heartbeat of Jesus for her that's undefeated and understanding. She said, Recently I have been encouraged and challenged by Paul's letter to the Philippians as I've struggled with my own thorn in the flesh in the the form of a recently diagnosed primary immunodeficiency disease called specific antibody deficiency. It's where she has all the antibodies there but they're not working. The army's there, but the army's just laying around doing nothing. Specific antibody deficiency. She says, this disease means that I am unable to build immunity to certain strains of bacteria without the help of someone else's blood plasma. My body's frail brokenness and God's goodness and mercy have become even more apparent as I've learned to treat my chronic disease through twice Well, once weekly infusions. So she, once a week, takes three needles and sticks them subcutaneously into her stomach or leg with a pump over an hour and a half of someone else's blood plasma being slowly pumped into her system. She says, as I infuse donated plasma into my bloodstream through three needles in the fatty layer of my legs, hips, or stomach, I am reminded of the way Jesus donated his body and blood to replace my imperfection with his perfection. When I pierce my skin with needles twice a week, I remember Jesus' hands and feet pierced for my transgressions. When someone else's blood plasma is infused into my bloodstream to keep me healthy, I wonder at how Jesus spilled and substituted his blood for my own so that I may pre- be presented holy and blameless above and above reproach before him. And so for Christ's sake, she says, I will suffer and count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. She says, knowing Jesus intimately is worth any thorn in my flesh. Becoming like him in death to myself and my plans for my future has been painful, but refining and beautiful. I'm still learning, she says, and will continue to grow for the rest of my life on earth. I need grace every day as my sinful nature fights against God's will for my life. And as I wait for Jesus to return and make all things new, Because my heart needs just as much renewal as my broken body. That's what she said. Oh, dear friends at MetroCrest, Jesus hears your heart this morning. He hears it. He knows the test you're facing. He knows the anxiety in your heart. And you have heard his undefeated and understanding heart for you in his word this morning. So go to him. Go to him. The throne of grace is waiting for you. Jesus is there and he says, join me there. In your time of need, plead with him for the mercy and grace that beats in heaven, that beats in his heart, because it beats there for you.